No ketchup. No ketchup. What's really good, my people? Welcome into No Catch Up Sports Talk via Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Little. Big Nick the Quick on the line. You know, Friday vibe. Oh, yeah. You already know. Yes, Relaxing. Big NBA going on. This is our first time we've been on the mic since all the NBA stuff is going on. We're going to talk about that. Obviously, it's the weekend. we got to recap the week. We're going to talk about our favorite stories of the week. Then... I got a good one. I think you're going to like mine. Obviously, if you've been listening to the show, mine are a lot more fun than Nick. Nick likes to get serious on his favorite stories of the week. So uh, I got a fun one I think that uh, y'all folks will enjoy. But favorite stories of the week. NBA draft talk. Shout out Pat Williams, Chicago Bulls. Welcome. Dotson, welcome. Samanovich. Welcome. NBA draft talk. We'll do all that. Then we'll get into the the weekend preview, NFL Week 11. We got to talk Seahawks-Cardinals last night. We got a lot of stuff there. For the NBA segment, our guy, Charlie Torres, a.k.a. Bucketsworth, the hardest Twitter handle on all of Twitter, uh, is going to join us to talk NBA. He's super insider, works with a lot of big-time NBA athletes. He's going to come on and talk about free agency. We got a couple of questions for him. We're going to talk about a lot of different stuff with Charlie. I'm excited to get his insight. Shout out Bucketsworth. We'll close it. Winners, got to give you some money. We coming off a big night yesterday on the Seahawks cards. So we'll close the show with winners. Big Nick the Quick. Yo. What's happening? Man, we got we got a stress-free weekend lined up, y'all. No no Chicago Bears football on the docket. Man, for None real. Of them. They're staying home, man. We don't got to worry. We don't got to talk about the offense. We don't got to talk about Nagy. We don't got to talk about Nick Foles. It's just a nice... Kick my feet up on Sunday, watch a little bit of ball. Just tomorrow, tomorrow, big game, Northwestern Wildcats. You know what I'm saying? The Badgers yeah, coming to town. Need Northwestern to go ahead and get that dub. Y'all don't know, big Northwestern football fan over here. So, yeah. Yeah, man. It's a little a, weekend going on, man. relaxing weekend. A little relaxing weekend, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. It's looking, looking, you know, I need my weekly weather report looking kind of decent out there. Oh, man. yeah, it's give me the weekly weather report because I got to grab my phone, my, my little, computer charger before it dies. So, yeah, little, give, me the, little, give me the weekend. A little overcast looking out there right now, man. Let's see. Uh, today it's going to be in the mid-50s, so definitely get outside enjoy yourself, man. Not a whole lot of sunshine, but, you know, get out there and enjoy yourself. Tomorrow, 40 degrees, Sunday, 45. So, not too warm, not too cold. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, man, they're cooperating with us this <laughs> month, man. We haven't we haven't hit the twenty degree mark yet, so we good to go. Okay, let's get into it, man. Yo, I'm glad I was paying attention, man. If my my computer would have died, that would have been a disaster. Awful, awful. So we're live. Don't trip. No catch up. Favorite story of the week. Big Nick the Quick. Had had a story, then flipped it last minute because we we got some breaking news came over to came over to ticker. Big Nick the Quick, break it down. What's your what's your favorite story or most interesting story? Well, yeah, week? I'm looking I'm looking for a story of the week, man. So just kind of going back through what happened. I had a couple lined up, and then all of a sudden, man, like a like a gift from the sky, I get the notification that Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill, is starting this week for the New Orleans Saints against the Atlanta Falcons. And I damn near lost my mind. Um, 
everybody knows who Taysom Hill is. He is the New Orleans backup quarterback. They bring him in on special packages, mainly to run the ball, uh, primarily to run the ball. I know he had a, was a touchdown or a pass last year, a couple years ago in the playoffs. That was pretty big, and that was like his biggest game ever. But pretty much bring him in for failed running plays uh, multiple times per game. No one really <laughs> understands why. He's also paying him $16 million a year to per. do whatever it is. Yeah, per. Annual. To do, to do whatever it is that he does. Um, so, I mean, I, I think you can find a lot of other guys to run around for a lot less money. But for whatever reason, Sean Payton absolutely loves this guy. Has loved him for years. This is his guy. Um, as you know, in the offseason, they signed Jameis Winston to a minimum deal. Everybody that assumes that that is to be the primary backup to uh, Drew Brees, kind of like the Teddy Bridgewater situation last year. I thought it was a good deal for Jameis, kind of resurrect his career, learn in that system, learn behind Drew Brees, and maybe walk into a Bridgewater deal um, like he did with the Panthers. So Brees goes down with a rib injury, and everybody's just assuming that Jameis Winston's going to get the start, right? Jameis Winston, we know we know his flaws, but we're not going to sit up here and act like Jameis Winston is not an NFL quarterback, doesn't deserve to be in the NFL, um, and, in, and in a backup situation shouldn't start. But then for whatever reason today, Sean Payton uh, must, be on his, uh, must be on his meds again. <laughs> decided to uh, decided to name Taysom Hill the starter. So we'll, we'll just kind of get into this by the numbers. Jameis Winston on one hand, career, 121 touchdown passes, threw for 5,000 yards last year. This is last season in the National Football League as a starter. 5,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, 122 career um, touchdowns. Taysom Hill. In his entire career, he's 29 years old, has thrown 18 NFL passes, completed 10 of them, no touchdowns, and one interception. That is in his entire life in the NFL. Somehow, Sean Payton makes the decision (laughs) to go with Taysom Hill, who is a glorified running back, tight end, sometimes quarterback who you don't even trust to throw even though your quarterback's arm has been falling off for the past 24 months and he cannot complete a deep pass yet you somehow believe that the smart play this week is to start Taysom Hill when you literally have and I'm not exaggerating the most qualified backup in the NFL by far it's not even close who are the other backups that would be qualified Andy Dalton he's hurt but the most qualified backup in the NFL as far as numbers, as far as experience. Brian Fitzpatrick has more experience, but he definitely doesn't have more success in a higher pedigree than Jameis Winston. Right? It just seems like anybody in that decision will put Jameis Winston in there, have him go ahead and start. The man was starting NFL games for the past six years just last year. Uh, but for whatever reason, you go with Taysom Hill? I don't understand it, man. Maybe you can shed some light on this for me, man. But this one is a head scratcher for me. I do not understand it. Um, Maybe he's seeing something that we're not seeing in practice. You know, Sean Payton's been around for a while. I I trust him. I just, for the life of me, can't understand how it's even discussion that Taysom Hill is starting. I'm sure Taysom Hill was surprised that he got the starting call. So that's my story of the week. It's going to be my story of the weekend. Usually I'll say stay the fuck away from the Atlanta Falcons in any gambling perspective. But if you have the opportunity to go up against a quarterback who's thrown 18 career passes in six years, you got to do it. 
So that's my story of the week, man. What the fuck is going on with Sean Payton? What is going yeah, on in wait, New Orleans? Okay. Well, well, hold on. But listen, let, let, here we go. Hold on. So, because I kind of lost you a little bit. I think we got some technical difficulties. But is this just one of those things where it's like we, we, we've beat up on Tampa Bay in the division? I mean, this is a division game, so it's a big game, right? Is this just maybe an opportunity to get a look at Taysom? Like, let me just get a look to see, like, a full game. I don't have to worry about the pressure because, yo, just like you said, Sean Payton looks for reasons to get Taysom Hill in the game. Like, even when it seems like he doesn't. For no reason, he puts him in there. Yes, we have no business. We don't need to see Taysom Hill. He finds a reason to put Taysom Hill in the game, right? Yeah. Is this just a perfect opportunity to be like, yo, let's get a full look and a full game and a full week of prep and a full game plan and see what he can do and start to, to start an NFL game? Because we don't know, right? Like, we've you have done seen... that last year when Drew Brees missed like six games and you had Teddy Bridgewater playing all those games? Wouldn't yeah, that, that have been a spot to do it? Yeah, that's a good point, too. You know what I mean? So, like, I, I, and unless he really went out this week, I don't know if Sean Payton held open competition. I don't. I don't, I don't think you have two quarterbacks competing in the middle of the week during practice, right? I mean, you have other things. You're game planning. You're trying to install. So he made that decision Tuesday, Wednesday. They said Taysom Hill was taking all the first-term reps all week, which it's crazy that that story didn't leak all week. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Or maybe he doesn't like Jameis. Maybe it's a Jameis thing. I, I have no idea. There's no – no, I don't think you get a look in the middle of the fucking season where you're competing for a playoff spot. There's no way that you come to the conclusion we're trying to win a ball game and you don't put in a quarterback that threw for 5,000 yards last year. I mean, year I think I, – I, I, I agree with you. I, I can't I, see any reason why Jameis, this decision was made. Jameis Winston's a better quarterback than Taysom Hill. I don't – there's no – there's no. you're not going to get an argument from me. And he's a sure thing. <laughs> If, 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 <laughs> you need to no, throw you, the ball on Sunday, right? I mean, Taysom Hill, unless you're going to run the triple option. <laughs> like, I don't understand what's he's what, – is he debuting a new offense? What's he going to do here? Like, what is he, what is he trying to run? He's trying to run, the, the, like, the Navy, the Navy triple option. I don't understand what he's trying to do. Well, we're going to see. So that's – I mean, hey, and I think it's one of those things where he's so – it's so – they're so flexible and deep, I guess you could say, at that spot there, where if Taysom comes out in the whole first quarter or first half, he's ass, then he puts Jamison, and that's it. And I don't think Sean Payton's he, – he has – he doesn't care enough to not – like, he'll do that in the middle of the game. He's like, so right, you're, you don't have a big problem with this? Uh, Listen, I – It's not like he's any backup. That's my point. It's not yeah. like you're putting him in over – Danucci or something like that. You know what I mean? Like this is Jameis Winston. I think he wants to get a. I think he wants Taysom Hill to play a full game. He loves Taysom Hill, so he's gonna give him a full game here. He feels like this is a good spot to do it. Taysom Hill sucks, and maybe he sees something with Atlanta's run defense where they won't be able to stop something. Maybe that's part of it too. Hey Raheem, tee off, man. Eat up, Raheem. <laughs> Eat up, Raheem. So I feel it. Favorite yeah. story of the week, Big Nick the Quick doesn't understand why Taysom Hill is getting any run. I, I I I lean to agree, but we'll see what he looks like in a full game. Could be interesting. Could be it, it could be very, very, very spicy. We'll someone, check, hey, someone check Sean Payton's medicine cabinet. Sean Payton just kind of does whatever, man. He doesn't care. That's that's kind of what I like about. It. What I like about Sean Payton, he's he's not really pre- he's not pressed about what me, you, or anybody else is saying in the media, because he wouldn't have gave Taysom Hill sixteen million dollars in the first place. Like, feel, feel no pain, see no pain, right? It'll be interesting when it, it would be interesting if they didn't have Jameis 
and Breeze, this happens to Breeze and Taysom has to play for like four or five weeks in a row. But now, I guess if you're, if you're that confident, then why do you sign Bridgewater last year and Jameis this year? You know what I mean? Like, if that's the case, what was the point of signing two extremely accomplished, like, starters to be your backup? I mean, honestly, bro, if I, I mean, I don't know this for a fact, but if I'm Peyton and I'm like, I, wait, you guys are telling me that I can add Jameis? Yeah, for I guess point, yeah, it's a strong, for, strong for quarterback one, room. For yeah. 1.3? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I guess you do it, yeah. I'll take him because Drew, Drew's probably going to be gone. I wouldn't be surprised if Drew retired after this year, bro. Yeah, I don't know if his arm is built to hold like, up another year. Just like his body, his arm, maybe another year after that. But hey. if you're going to tell me that I have, I don't have to pay a lot of money for Jameis and I can get him in the room, I'll take it. Hey, quick side note. I was thinking about this the other day. I know we want to move on, but I was thinking about this the other day. Deshaun Payton... When you, if you're, how's the best way to phrase this? When we look through this whole Saints era when it's over, right? Yeah. Why has not more been made about the fact that they've only gotten one, two, one Super Bowl and one, one Super Bowl throughout this Sean Payton, Drew Brees era? Like, is this winning that Super Bowl? It really does, like, just wash away the fact that they won that Super Bowl in what, 2007? Uh, 2000, a long time ago. Yeah, a long, I was in New Orleans, I think, when yeah. they won it. Yeah, it, it was, it was 13 years ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Like, no one really talks about that. Like, you know, through all this success, like, one Super Bowl. It's kind of like the Packers thing. Like, you know, yeah, all this success, one Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really hard to win Super Bowls, bro. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. when you do get one, you get a pass for quite a bit. Like, you can – you don't have to worry about – you could kind of just – bro, Quinn went to the Super Bowl and blew it, and that literally got him five more years as the head coach of the Falcons. Like he just made it there and then blew the lead and he was the he was, they don't they don't have the Brady excuse, right? They just had to get through the NFC. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. I mean, dude, Seattle had a lot I mean, NFC had a lot of murderers in that run. Right. Think about those teams that he was bumping into. He bumping into those San Francisco teams with Patrick Willis and all those boys. He had to deal with Seattle and the Legion of Boom. I mean, it's not like the NFC was soft, you know what right. I mean? So right. But for the way that we talk about that team and how much of a sure thing we've always assumed them to be, there has been a lack of deep playoff success. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's well, Especially with that home field advantage. that they, I mean, they win that division left and right. So Yeah, for sure. It's interesting, man, because look, one Super, <laughs> one Super Bowl and you're solidified. Forever. If you get two Super Bowls, you're walking on water a Hall of Famer instantly, no matter what happened to the rest of your stuff. You know what I mean? Eli. Yeah, so like – it's the Super Bowl is tough, but yeah, man, I, I agree. He did. Could should they have at least made another appearance? Yeah, that's what I mean. Another appearance, sure. like give me a loss. Eli made two. Eli won two. Right. I couldn't so, give me another one. Yeah, I couldn't get another appearance. I feel that. So, yeah. all right, let's move over to uh, my favorite story of the week, man. Shout out the boy, the 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 boy John Morant, NBA Rookie of the Year. He going into year two. He's shining. He hanging out with Money Bag Yo. He hang out with a little baby. Shout out my guy, Max Weep King. You know, he reps Ja, him and his boys at Tandem. So I'm obviously a big fan of Ja's because he's a dog. And we've talked about how he's got heart. Too much heart, almost. So the Memphis Zoo just had a giraffe. They just had a newborn giraffe. And they named it Ja Ref. That's my favorite story of the week. Here's a video. 
Good evening and welcome to the excitement of the animal kingdom and the Memphis Zoo. Let's meet the newest member of the Memphis Zoo roster. At 6'3 and 140 pounds, here is John Raff. That's great. That's great, right? I I think... So Zach Randolph used to talk about this, like how much love he got in Memphis and why he liked it so much and all that. I think like, yo, shout out, what a great spot, man. Like that's the only professional game in town, only professional game in town, right? So like he has a chance to just be the man there for a long time and that city's going to love him. Um, They're going to name giraffes after him. That's fucking dope, man. I love that. (laughs) I love that. Would you rather play in a big city where you're competing with, other situations, other teams, you know, whatever it might be, or play in a small city where you're like the man, like Aaron Rodgers, right? Would you rather be Aaron Rodgers or I don't know? I I got what you're saying. Would yeah. you rather be? I'm a big city guy, so I prefer playing in the lights. But there is something to be in like the man. Would you rather be region. Carmelo Anthony in New York when he got when he first got there, or John Moran in Memphis? Yeah, well, he owns the city, literally. You yeah. got giraffes named after you. My fault. I'm trying to get uh, Bucket <laughs> link. But I don't know. That's a good question, man. Like, obviously, the pinnacle, the pinnacle is being the man in the city you're from, like Derrick Rose. Like, that is the- Is it? Yes, I, for sure, bro. I I think... Uh, depends, on, depends, on the, depends on the situation, man. A lot of dudes don't want to do that. You have a lot of added pressure. It takes a lot. Yeah, I don't know if I love it. It's a lot of added pressure. You got homies around, families always around. Like literally, your crib has probably people at it all the time. Like it, it depends on who you got around too. Like if you got like strong people around you, it might not be as bad. But like I always think about like Eddie Curry and some of the stories I heard about what Eddie Curry had to go through playing in Chicago and how it was just a nightmare. You know what I mean? Just with the with the friends, the family, the hanger oners, the fact you can't really escape from that. But yeah, I feel you. I mean, and look at what Derrick Rose went through, man. You went from being the absolute highest of highs to a period where your city hated you, your hometown, like, hated you because you got hurt. You know what I mean? So, like, I feel you. Um, I don't know if I'd want to go through that, though. This is the thing. And can we stop saying Melo's from New York? Like, I, I have what serious bones to pick about saying Melo. He, he moved to Baltimore when he was eight. Played high school ball in Baltimore. I has a has I a West. Right. I, who said he was from New York? I just said like being no, a no, but there, Well, because you brought up Melo, and then it made me think about that, and like the whole narrative of going home, like when he went to the Knicks and everything, and how that all that was about Melo's from New York, and he's a New York guy. Like Melo, Carmelo Anthony is not a New York City Hooper. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to get that off. But, yeah. Okay, that's fine. Um, I think this is th- that's it's a good question because I also think it uh. It it matters how big you are. Like Giannis in Milwaukee is like because he could own New York, right? Like yeah. if you're a middle tier guy and like an up and coming guy, it would be dope to be in a spot like Memphis where you're just the man in the town and that's it. It's like it's all good. They'll love you no matter what. Yeah, and I also think it's perfect for Ja because he doesn't. He's not a big time camera dude anyway. He's more of a low key guy as yeah. is. Yeah. So like. The less media shit that the less cameras in my face, the better, no doubt. Right. But that's dope, man. When 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 you're 
in a city hooping and they embrace you like they've embraced Ja and their name and stuff after you at the at the uh at the zoo Ja Raff for Ja Morant your rookie of the year and yeah man it's dope it's we should, dope. We should road trip to Memphis and catch a Ja Morant game I think it's only like six hours Grab some barbecue. We no, nah, check some John Morant. Dog, we not. First of all, I need. To, I would love to get down there because I've never been. Um, and I've never been to Nashville or Memphis. I've been to Nashville. Uh, Nashville is. Uh, it's a I, good hear time. I hear it's a good time. I heard it's very uh, Caucasian though. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of my point. It's a good time. Um, <laughs> like I heard, not, like you're gonna walk down that street that's cracking, and like don't don't get it twisted. Like the street is absolutely like going up, but it's all country music. So when I was there, I'll say this though, when I was there, um, so I think what's called Broadway or Sixth Street, every every town has like, it's either Broadway or Sixth Street, you know, like in all these non-major huge cities, they have that one strip where everybody kind of kicks it at. So on there, it's just like a party, you got all the music and all that going. We did find like the one club that played hip hop and rap and all that. And it was definitely, uh, it was definitely a good time. Food is fire. Um, yeah, it's yeah. fun, but very, yes, yes. It's not Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, no, I've heard uh, I've heard it's a lot of fun. I heard it's just uh, it's not there's not too much culture it's down not, there. It's not as uh yeah, it's not as uh no, I mean there's black people, but it's not there's not no. the black scene, the urban scene is not present. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you get out there to where like young buck and them is from in Cashville because <laughs> <laughs> you probably find it gets me black got, on you. <laughs> not on not on Nashville on not the main on, drag. Not on the main drag. I think Memphis might be a little bit different though. I mean Memphis. Yeah, Tennessee. Yeah, I want to get some barbecue up there. A little dry rub. So yeah, I would be down to hundred percent. Go down there and, and peep it. What were you? Zach Randolph obviously loved it out there. Yeah, loved it. He said when he went out there, like it changed his life. He's like he's still out there. So when if Randolph rocks with it, then uh, yeah, he's kicking it, bro. I automatically rock with it. <laughs> I think he's like in the city. Like he walks around. Like you see Zebo. Right. Yeah. yeah, man, I rock with uh, I rock with I rock with uh, Zebo John Morant. Shout out John Morant, rookie of the year. We'll see what he does year two, and that's a perfect segue into the NBA. A lot, a lot, a lot of things shaking in the NBA. Bucketsworth's going to join us here in the next couple minutes, about ten minutes. What are your thoughts on? I don't want to get too, too into the NBA draft before Bucketsworth hops on, but where does this rank on your, like, favorite time of the year for NBA? Is this – is this how excited do you get for the offseason and, and the draft before seeing all the stuff and figuring out where everybody else goes? Oh, extremely. Not not necessarily the draft. I'm not a huge draft junkie like a lot of people are, but just the offseason in general, the flurry of moves, Yeah. I mean, this player, the player movement era has been great for people like us because it gives us something to talk about. Yeah. Um, and just like all the different possibilities. Yeah, I love it. It's great. Yeah. I'm not one of those like, oh, my God, this player movement kills me. And I didn't see teams together for eight years. and build. I, That's just not what's happening right now. <laughs> so, like, yeah, just true. move on. If that's what you're waiting for, just move on, man. Like, it's not, it's not where we're at. It's been this way for a while now. Embrace it. You know, you get to see different combinations of players together every every year. And if it works, great. If it doesn't work, they blow it up. Yeah, what more think, do you want? <laughs> yeah, I think before Bucketsworth hops on, let's talk about Clay really quick. Get well soon, Clay. Clay blows yeah, out his sure. Achilles. Um, really unfortunate situation. Would that have affected your draft decision, or do you just no. c- continue to go with what you were going to do and 
what's the outlook on Golden State now? That's 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 a that's obvious. Yo, Steph and Clay are package deal if you want them to be good. Yeah, there, there, yeah. there's no Steph and someone else and Clay and no Steph. If you want them to be good, for them to be the 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 Golden State that you know, both of those boys need to play, and they need Draymond running around wreaking havoc, and then some some supplemental players that can make buckets as well. So two things. Yeah, first to answer your question, no, it does not change my strategy. I think from the very beginning, the Golden State Warriors were taking James Wiseman. What do they need? They need a big, yeah. right? What, what better way to get a big than one who's going to be on a cheap rookie deal, who's young, who you can throw in as a pretty much in the beginning as a low usage, rim run, shot blocking big, and he will learn on the fly. And right. if he ends up being special, trust me, you will find that out throughout the course of playing him 30 minutes a night. So you could take him, throw him in there, literally have him play that JaVale McGee role, but play it 20 times better because he's way more talented and you see what you got. So anybody talking like, oh, they don't need a project. They don't. If any team can take on a project, right, it's the Golden State Warriors taking on a big man project, but a big man that has enough skill to come in and play right now. You can literally throw him on the court, say grab rebounds, block shots, run up and down the court as fast as you can. That's what you're going to be anyways, right? So, yeah, anybody talking like that was crazy. So injury or no injury, that's a great spot for them, and that's exactly the type of player that they need to take. Um, a lot harder to work in a perimeter player to their situation. It's such a good situation for him because, yeah, like you said, bro, just go out there and literally run up and down. Yeah, and you're not looking for your shot. It's not like if they grab LaMelo or Anthony Edwards. These guys need to figure out a way to work their way into the offense. Wiseman, he's a rim-running big. He's just one that they project to be an elite one. So fucking plug and play. Hey, man, don't board. worry about the play. Run your ass up and down. Someone's taking up a shot. Put your hands up. Try to block it. It's coming off the glass. Try to get it. Put it back up. We'll run some lobs for you. Great deal. I and mean, if you're ultra-talented, it's going to show through. Just get in shape and rim-run rim all run. day. Do the I mean, I mean, dude, just from end to end, yeah, end and, to end, bro, and you'll be good out there. You will be good, and you'll make you'll make a ton of money. And if, again, if you are ultra talented, it will one hundred percent show through. Because we had Javale and these guys in the situation, you're way better than them. You will get yours, and you'll learn on the fly. I love it. No better situation. With that being said, the Clay Thompson injury injury is one hundred percent devastating to them. Uh, you hit it right on the head. They are a package deal. This is an older team. They do not have a ton of depth. So they really needed those top five guys, top four guys to be really good. Now you find yourself in a situation where you're going to rely on the cowardly lion, a.k.a. Andrew Wiggins, no heart. <laughs> um, like just and cowardly even, lion. Well, even, and even on his best day, he's not a three-point shooter, right? He's more of a slasher and cutter. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be hard to replicate that situation. If I'm them – I'm going to see how the season goes, right? We're going to start off, and if it's looking bad, you probably make a move on a Draymond Green. That's your most tradable tradable asset right now. You 100% do not move on from Steph Curry. I know that's not even a discussion. Yeah. Um, the good thing about Clay is if he does, when he does come back, this is, this is a man who scored 70 points on 13 dribbles, so he doesn't necessarily need to move around a whole lot. Um, you know? Um, but, yeah, it's, it's think, a huge blow, right? I like, think... Yeah, it's a huge blow, and I think um, it it makes it a tougher blow because they set themselves up perfectly. Clay or Steph kind of was hurt, but took took the year off to get healthy. Clay was getting healthy. They end up getting the number two pick in the draft. What do they need? 
a, a, a rim running big. They get exactly that. So they, they, they get a big running, uh, they get a rim running big in the draft at two. Clay's going to be 100%. Steph's going to be 100%. Draymond is Draymond. He's still got the energy they need. And they had a $17 million uh, trade exception, exception, trade exception on the books. So they can go make another deal. And well, they brought know, an Ubre with that trade exception. Right, exactly. Right. So they they go to get but like if they go get Ubre, keep Clay healthy, and then all those other guys fall in place, and then you got the hey cowardly lion or not, Wiggins would be a great guy, like that could come give you a couple buckets. Like that's his. He's, he's void of any of any no, no, cardiovascular I, strength. No, no, but I, <laughs> but I'm saying to add to guys like Clay and Steph, and you know, yeah, what I mean? no, it's another, it's just a guy where he's not in a situation. He, no pressure situation. You, you throw him in there, and if it's if he decides like he wants to play that night, awesome, he's a plus. If he decides he doesn't want to play that night, you pull his ass and throw in Ubre Junior. So for sure, yeah, like that that depth and yeah, you're 100 percent right on that. I right. just like to give Diggs and Wiggins, but yeah, yeah, no, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. So if he can come in and just come but up, now come but up now, the bench and get buckets, now he's going to have to contribute quite a bit. And you don't want that. You don't want this guy to be put in a position where you know. Rubber meets the road because he's just and it, I mean it is what it is, man. I'm not saying anything yeah. new here. The guy yeah. is not interested in being a dominant basketball player. All the physical skills are there, so maybe they can bring it out of him. I don't know, but I think with that shit, man, it's either there or it's not, right? Andrew Miggins is making 35 million dollars a year. He's not incentivized to necessarily dig deep. As far as he's concerned, he's made it. And go back to Toronto when this is all said and done, and fucking you know. But yeah. If I'm them, <laughs> they, but to your point, to your point, <laughs> the, 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 the hate for Wiggins is so real. And yo, I think, let me, for the, for everybody listening and watching, I think when, when me and Nick go on rants like that, it's because we look at a guy that has literally every physical tool and, and born should, with it. should be going, Wiggins should be a major, major issue. And he kind of just lacks a daisical laces up and just whatever happens happens type thing jimmy told you and that, that's why i, I don't forgive yep. jimmy butler went in there and said man if i had been born with what you had are you kidding me like i had to build all of this and you just come in here you don't really give a fuck man you got a max deal already it's like everything has just been here number one pick max deal and he saw that kansas too it's like remember when wiggins was coming out I was like yo this dude is gonna be phenomenal he goes to kansas and it's kind of like eh Whatever. They don't really do anything. It's not like this dude right. is dominant. So, like, yeah, it, it's frustrating when you see a guy like that and they just don't put it together. But at the same time, they could be a lot worse and not have Ubre Jr., not have Wiggins, right? You just kind of got to figure it out with those guys. Ubre's a gamer. He's going to come to play. Yeah. Um, he's definitely going to be looking towards his future, too, in his next contract. So, I, I'm not worried about Kelly Ubre. And maybe Wiggins in that spot will be fine. I yeah, Ubre. That, that's such a... That's a good point you make about Ubre. Guys like that, those are the guys you want to add to a team that's already solid. Yep. Because Ubre hasn't got the big, big bag yet. No. So he's going to be. And he's played on losing teams only. He's yeah, played on, like, on Phoenix and exactly. Washington. He's like, yo, I'm coming here, dog? Oh, and I get some fits off too? Yeah, I get some fits off. <laughs> I get a lot of fits off in, yeah. in the Bay. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he's going to be good. Exactly. I like Ubre, man. I think, uh, and I like what he did in Phoenix last year. I think he was almost, he's only 24, but he was like a vet on that team. So I think you're bringing a guy like that who's going to definitely come in and do his thing. So they could be a lot worse, but we'll just have to see, man. I think Steph, you got a great leader in Steph. You got a great organization. You got a great head coach. Um, you're just going to have to retool what you thought your team was going to look like 48 hours ago. But 
No doubt. All right, Buckets West <laughs> should be joining us shortly. <coughs> Let's talk NBA draft. Shout out Pat Williams. Welcome to Chicago. We already went through the through the welcome list. We gotta tell the story. I if you if you follow us on Twitter, the group chat hit. So it was plus three thousand for the Bulls to select Patrick Williams with the fourth overall pick. Maybe two days before the draft. Casey Johnson gets a gets some inside information, sends out some info that the Bulls are really looking at this dude. So one of our homies in the in the group chat sends out the note like, yo, Casey's saying that Bulls are really looking at this guy. I, I, I've been reading into the storyline as well. I, I, I'm rocking with it. I, I, it makes sense. It's plus 3,000 at Rivers, and it's down everywhere else, like plus 700, 800 on DraftKings or everywhere else, right? So our boy, we start going back and forth in the text. He's like, yo, you guys should jump on this. The Rivers is asleep at the wheel. They haven't updated the odds yet. So we hopped on, locked that in, and then the more we read and the more the days went on, it was like, man, this makes a lot of sense, and it, it may really happen. So we ended up hitting there. That was great. And uh, that's it, man. Our guy Bucketsworth just logged in. He's in the green room. I'm going to bring him on in one second. But Nick, actually, I'll just bring Bucketsworth on now just because I don't want to keep my boy waiting. Get the NBA. We can get the NBA talk locked in. Oh, my God. The man, the man himself. <laughs> What's going on, Charlie guys? Torres, aka Bucketsworth. What's happening, my boy? Nothing much, man. Been a crazy week. How you guys doing? Yeah, good, bro. I appreciate you hopping on, man. Um, I know it's been a crazy week for you. You've been in the gym. You've been training. I wanted to get you, uh, get you on the pod just to talk about what's going on in the NBA. And I got some pin, pin, pinpoint questions for you. Because yeah, yeah. me, me, Nick, and a couple of the guys uh, in the group chat were talking about like some real specific stuff. First off, let's talk about CP3 to Phoenix. Yeah, that's – hang on. I just want to make sure I pull up um, like the draft selection before uh, I kind of uh, yeah. get going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've, no, I've been all over. Um, I already know. Don't even worry about it. We'll talk. We'll talk draft in a second. But I do want to get your thoughts on guys that are already solidified. CP3 yep. to Phoenix. You obviously know Big Rye Kelly. Yeah, yeah. We had a we <laughs> went back and forth. He thinks Chris Paul to Phoenix is not a big deal, doesn't push them over the top whatsoever in the West. What are your thoughts on CP3 to Phoenix? Does it make them better? Does it make them a playoff team? I think it totally makes them better. I mean, you guys saw what what did Udonis Haslam, he got like two and a half mil just to resign, and this guy doesn't even play a minute. You know, like that that organization, alone with that team, has been looking for someone to kind of um, mold and mentor those young guys that they always get every year. And uh, I mean, shoot, CP3 was like he was in the MVP running for this uh, this whole last year. I mean, OKC, everyone was like, remember he was like the forgotten trade. Yeah. You know, like, like, I mean, it happened, but, like, everyone's like, oh, wow, Russ to Houston. And, uh, 
nobody was really like, oh, okay, so they're done, you know. And then they yeah. had they ended up playing really well. Yeah, he was, was he was a salary dump. It was pretty much like the, the OKC took on that trade to get some picks. Everybody's exactly. like, what are you guys doing? He's 30-something years old. He's making $40 million a year. It's definitely like a – for sure. No one expected it to go that way. No, 100%. Yeah, just a dump. Um, and, and Does that like, does that push them – do they make the playoffs, though? Because let's be <laughs> real, right? Like you said about Udonis in Miami, he's just there to mentor guys, right? <laughs> I think a successful season for the Phoenix Suns would be making the playoffs – and literally competing to win a series. Like, that would be a successful season for the Suns. I think we always talk on here about teams that are, like, trying to win the championship. Dog, yeah. Phoenix is just trying to make the playoffs. Devin Booker hasn't made the playoffs. So, yeah. you know what I mean? So, th- I think this is a big, big deal for them because it's going to push them into making a playoff spot, and then we could talk about them maybe even winning a series. So does but do you think that CP3 can get them into the playoffs? Like can can you pencil them in for that 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 seven to ten playoff or uh, playing, or or could they even push for the six? I I think they're right where they want to be. Phoenix is. Um, <clears throat> I think the Kelly Oubre thing kind of hurts them a lot, man. I mean, I think he would have been great with Chris Paul, but you know, you gotta you gotta do that. Um, yeah, I I think it does make them kind of up there. The West is tough though, man. I mean. Like Luca and those guys in Dallas, they just got better. I mean, yeah, it's even beyond though, tough. Yeah, like yeah. Clay, Clay, go, Clay going down, and then the Warriors getting Kelly. I mean, you're not that. That's still good for them. I mean, considering the what, what just happened. I mean, but yeah, I think it definitely it makes it makes Phoenix in, in the, the they're running they're running for some for some playoff noise right there. What do you think, Quick? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I think you brought up a great point, too, um, as far as, look, Phoenix is perpetually in the lottery, right? Like, they are perpetually in the lottery every single year, getting these young guys. Half the time, they don't work out, whether you look at a guy like a Josh Jackson or Dragon Bender, whoever it is, these guys, they always take high. So it's it's pretty much a franchise that's been rudderless the last few years. So when you have a player like Devin Booker, who you know, he's the next guy to raise his hand and say, get me the fuck up out of here, right? Mm -hmm. He's the next superstar. He sees all his players' movements. He sees how he's regarded around the league, and he wants to up that profile. So if you're that organization, knowing that it's, hey, it's either stick with what we've been doing, which doesn't work, or get a chance to bring in a Chris Paul, someone who's going to add some direction to our franchise, bring leadership into that locker room, who just played really well in the same exact situation last year, right, where they didn't have a Devin Booker. His second best player was Shy Gildress Alexander. And I have my issues with Booker, but I know that he's a better player than SGA, right? Um, Especially at this point in his career. So, yeah, I love this move for Phoenix. Absolutely love this move for Phoenix. I think they needed to make a move like this. And they need to do everything in their power to ensure that if Devin Booker does raise his hand and say, get me up out of here, they did everything they could to kind of keep him to stay. So I'm with it. 100%. Yep. What? I agree. What? Where where are you at with Devin Booker, Bucketsworth? Because <laughs> because because I'll I'll give you the the short story is Nick thinks he's just he's a bucket, but it's a he's a bucket in and within a lot of L's. And yeah, I, mean, I, I think he gets more blame for the L's than he deserves when he they have the, the organization's been a disaster forever. The coaching staff has been a disaster forever, and he's just out there trying to do his best to fill it up. Yeah, I, I mean, I um, I really respect the book, honestly. I mean, he's he's. I mean, aside from some Kardashian stuff going on now, I mean, he like, uh, <laughs> like the black the black widow. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> um, 
but but like aside you know aside from just you know antics like that i mean being in scottsdale that kind of stuff like <clears throat> i think um i think he's been great man i went to the 2014-15 uh mcdonald mcdonald's with uh with stanley johnson and that was in chicago this is my first experience watching Devin booker in practice and in just like that setting i mean like I want to say the the four best players in McDonald's that whole week. And like, just, I don't know if you guys have been there, but it's like, they do like two a day workouts and like probably two scrimmages a day. So it's like a full load of, of like four or five days. Right. And in, in those five days, like I would say Jalil, Stanley, Theo Pinson. Um, oh gosh, who did the Nuggets draft that year? Um, Gary Harris. Who was it? Was it Gary Harris? No, no, it was it was after. Oh, high um, school. Yeah, uh, it was a kid from Texas. Gosh, I can't remember his name. Um, he was he was a point guard. They went. He went to Denver. He never really got going. Um, he about, was. He played ball at Texas, or he's from Texas. You're not no, talking about. You're not talking about Moody, are you? Yeah, yeah, Manuel Moody. Oh, Moody. Yeah, Moody. Yeah, Manuel Moody. Um. <clears throat> And I'd say you can you can probably throw in like Carl Anthony Towns like as as like the fifth guy that was like really really cooking, right? And then and then guys that looked like they almost didn't belong was like maybe Devin Booker, Joel Berry for sure. I thought he was like one of the worst McDonald's guys I saw. Right. And then um, um, Miles Turner, like like Miles Turner, like. And like, like you look at you look at the guys I just named, like Stan Jalil, like Theo Pinson, Manuel Mouillet, like those guys were supposed to be like you know top fifteen picks, Early and then up. and then yeah, and then you got like Miles and um, Devin who have just like erupted. I was with Miles the past two days, and like man, he's a problem. He, he is he's nice, bro, and he's competitive, and he's like you know, I mean he hates he hates the basket being around the basket but <laughs> oh, he's pretty good around there man no he is but he's but he, he's, he's got to play with Sabonis though yeah, he man. he's got to yeah, get out the way yeah, to get down there, but, yeah uh, i think i think that's a that's a tough fit between him and Sabonis, and i think indiana will probably end up doing something on that but yeah no I, let me let me back up real quick because sean made it seem like i just indiscriminately hate Devin booker that's not what it is i think he's extremely talented i think he's a really good player to your point i didn't see him blooming into this type of player especially this quick he's still a young either. guy yeah, my thing with him is more on the coverage of him, right? It started with that 70-point game. People yeah. gave him so much love on that 70-point game. If you watched it, the entire fourth quarter, it was a little – the Suns lost, number one. They, they lost the yeah. game. I think it was to Utah or Denver, I forget. And the entire fourth quarter, all they did was give the ball to Devin Booker and clear out. So it's not like he got it 70 within the flow of a game. It's not like he got 70 fighting for a win. The game was out of hand, and they just started dumping it to Booker so that he could go for this record. So, like, stuff like that. But then he's covered. Like, it's like, oh, my God, Devin Booker, 70-point game, man. Like, look at this guy. He's on his way. Um, Wait, did he put it in the basket for 70, though? In a losing – I mean, if I just say – Was there there people out there playing defense and he he scored 70? I don't I don't I mean I know that his the rest right. of his team wasn't playing oh, offense. As long as as long as as long as I'm clear that there was okay. it was an NBA so you like, game and you like somebody like that. So you like Bob Sura uh, getting his own rebound for a triple double because people are on the court. <laughs> okay, no, okay, it's not the same. Okay. Thing. A, 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 yeah, exactly. A, a triple double and a seventy ball. I mean, I'm 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 
I was completely hating. I'll, I'll be honest. Like I was hating on Devin Booker doing that. But like honestly, I mean, if you if you put a overseas guy that's like really really good in in it in like a men's league and he got seventy, you'd be like, yo, that is so many points. That is so many buckets. I mean, like it's a crazy thing. And I, I was hating, but like D Book, man, he's made the, the most of that situation. He's he's worked. I mean, he, he just. I mean, there's, oh, there's little, it's a bad organization for sure. I'm not gonna. Yeah, it's a terrible organization. Sarver is one of the worst owners in professional sports. Look, I'm in the, for like a said, job, yeah. so I can't really say that on. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. Look, I think at the end of the day, what buckets where there's getting at is this dude's put in tons of work, he's and he's got work. to where he's, he's at work. now. Because I mean, look, as we know, he was coming off the bench at Kentucky. He ends up being a top ten pick, and it was like, <laughs> bro, this guy didn't even start. At Kentucky, like, what do you mean top yeah. 10 pick? Like, what do you mean he can fill it up? And he's done nothing but get baskets since he's got in the league. So, yeah, big respect for uh, for Devin. I think CP3 to Phoenix makes them a playoff team, no question. I think they'll even push for the six. So, And and, uh, and also, like, like dude, like, if, if Sean Nick, like, if you would have saw this guy dribble, bro, I mean, it was the scariest thing I've ever seen. It looked like he was dribbling with his fist closed, like. Just punching the ball down. So he's come a long way. He's come a long way, man. And there's a lot of people like, I mean, you could look at Jamal Crawford and be like, man, I mean, he had 60 or whatever, but he was with the Knicks. You know, like, yeah. I mean, Jamal's nasty. That was not the last game of the season, too. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like some to put up the, those kind of buckets and to like, and to be focused for over 82 games of just catching L's and tough breaks. Right. And, you know, like, it's, it's, Gosh, man, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't wish that shit upon no one, man. I mean, I, just, <laughs> I, I really, bro. Like, I, I went. You know, you live your whole life, and you're playing like high school seasons of like maybe thirty games, and then like I went from college going playing thirty games to going to Mexico where I played like sixty five, bro. Sixty five games, no joke, man. Eighty. There's a lot of losses too, huh? A lot of L's, man. A yeah. Lot of L's. It's like lost number 35. You're like, man, I can't, I can't cope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Sick, I feel bro. that. So this was a big switching off of moving off of Phoenix and CP three. We were talking about free agents and dollars and a, a question that we were going back and forth with, and I'm interested to get to, to, to hear what you say here mm. and, and, and I'll, I'll lay it right out for you. Yep. Buckets worth. How much money should someone pay Fred VanVleet? Like what? What is should or will? There's two different situations. Should, We're talking about will. Should how how much money should Fred VanVleet be paid? Because he's obviously looking to get the back. He's yep. already solidified as a very good piece on a very good team. Now I can see someone completely overpaying for VanVleet. Yeah, and then me looking up in a year and be like, I can't believe Van Vliet's making such and such twenty, whatever twenty seven million dollars or whatever it is, right? What type of deal would you offer Fred Van Vliet, and who do you think would be kind of a good fit? But more focused on the on the money thing, because it's because he's a middle tier guy, right? Yeah, it's like, such a double edged sword, man. Yeah, it's like you got to pay him because he's a good piece, but you don't want to. You you can't be approaching max dollars when you're talking about Fred. No, no, I don't. I don't, man. I couldn't even tell you because like you're you're trying to figure out like someone's value, and then what the NBA always does is they 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 match up a player 
that's just like him. Okay, who can Fred Van Van Vliet be with our with our roster? Who can we who were, can go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. And I I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, a, we were a, we were kind of giving him a comp of like Brogdon. Brogdon. No, no way. Like, Brogdon's better? I love Brogdon. Brogdon, dude. But as far as like a contract, so last year Brogdon got four and eighty-five from the Pacers, right? But Teddy Rozier got three and fifty-six. So he's yeah. absolutely getting more than Teddy Rozier, right? Like if I'm him, you're not paying me Teddy Rozier dollars. Gosh, I mean, man, I, a backup in Charlotte. I'd hate to be. I, I'd hate to be one of those teams, man. I just I couldn't do it, man. Like, like it's such it's, a tough. It's a tough question, right? It's super tough, if we, man. If you saw him getting twenty, if so, if we told you that Fred VanVleet got five and or four and a hundred from a team, would you be surprised? You said four for a hundred. Yeah, yeah. So 25, 25 average. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, but I wouldn't be happy. I wouldn't be happy given that. That's too much like, bread, right? It's way too much, man. I mean, like, like what would you say Malcolm's getting 85? Yeah, so like 22, 21 per. Yeah, like I I, I mean, I, I work with DJ Wilson on on um on uh, the Bucks, and like DJ, you know, doesn't get that much burn. And he was like, Bro, we're gonna be hurting without Malcolm. It's the first thing oh, he said. Yeah. You know, like, and I knew it. Like, if I'm a GM, like, I would have shipped some picks. I would have done whatever I could to, like, keep something to, in order to keep Malcolm there. Because, I mean, same thing. You're you're just balancing all kinds of different things. When it, when it gets to the playoffs, man, I mean, like, it's really hard to to play their MVP guy with, with you know, some of the backups that, that don't shoot it and don't hit big shots like that. Malcolm, you could always keep on the court. And he can kind of guard. He can kind of guard one through three. You know, he's like a tough Virginia, like dude. Like, he's not going to shoot a bad one. Like, he's going to try and maximize that twenty-four second clock, which is another, another ball handler too. Yeah, another ball handler. That's that's all that matters when it comes like you know four minutes in the fourth. You know, like you got to have someone that can. Someone goes under a pick and roll. You got to hit it. You know, like dude. I think it's so. I'm glad you said that because I don't. I, that doesn't get talked about enough because playoff basketball. You better have guys that can dribble the ball on the floor and guys that can hit shots. Period. Tyler. Period. Point blank. Tyler Hero. Exactly. Oh, I don't. Why care. was he getting 40 minutes a night? Right. Like <laughs> I don't. Get your I own don't, shot. Like when it's in the playoffs and it comes down to and it's tight. Dog, we're not we're not talking about running gun three pointers. We're talking about getting the ball to CJ McCollum on the wing and letting him go get a basket. Like that that's the stuff that 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 goes crazy in in the playoffs and and gets you titles. Yeah, let's talk I, about. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, I, I I think like him him touching on hero is is like another is another one of those things. Like you you just talk about like like guys that like take advantage of the of the opportunities and the breaks that they get. Like hero man. Like, I remember, like, Steph's first playoff year. Like, they would not put him on a pick and roll going right. Because he's, like, a he's a right-hander, but, like, Steph is way better passing and dribbling with his left hand. So, like, they put him on the right side of the floor to go left. And, like, right. I think it was the Clippers or one of those, but they would they would push him on the left side to go right, and he would just get stuck over there. <clears throat> and it was, like, driving me nuts. But you know, because I'm like watching Clay, and and uh, it, it was like it was making me lose it. But the hero thing, I mean, like there was a point up until Dragic got hurt where they would they couldn't do that with him late in the fourth. And then once Dragic got hurt, it was like, all right, man, like you got the keys to the castle, like just figure it out. If you get in trouble, just get off that thing early, please. 
But they started setting the screens almost at half court just to like free them up with some some space. Um, but but I I really like what like what Miami did because, I mean you know Dragic ain't getting any younger and that kind of opened up the window for someone like Hero who I really wasn't a fan of but I mean dude's got moxie and he's he's tougher than you think he's quicker than you think he shoots it better than you think. Better um, defender. He's only gonna yeah he's only gonna get better so I I think that that bubble experience I mean it's like if you win in the bubble great if you lose trying to get your young guys going in the bubble I'll take that too. Right. You know I mean they they came up. They came up pretty well in the bubble. I didn't see who they drafted either. Did they get anyone? Oh, they took uh didn't they get that uh man, I thought it was that dude from uh Tyrell something or another. Did they get that guy? Tyrell Terry or yeah, Ty- Tyrell Terry. They... I think he think he went to Dallas. Oh, he might have went to Dallas. Dallas either guy. way, those are the type of guys you need. He took yeah. Precious Precious Achua. Oh, they did? Yeah. Oh, that's big for them, man. Another big Miami fella. always dude, Miami always knows what they're Pat, doing. Pat knows, and he's like, and he's got Giannis on the other line too, so we're, we're good yeah, to go. Pat is- <laughs> he's like, hey, I heard, he's like, I heard Bogdanovich isn't coming to town. Well, you know, quick flight to South Beach. Yo, <laughs> that, and that's a perfect uh, segue because I wanted to ask Bucketsworth about Bogdanovich. First of all, Bo- I I love Bogdan Bogdanovich. That's love like. Him. Oh my God! I, that's my favorite Bogdanovich. <laughs> if I could, if I could have him on the Bulls, that would be amazing, and I would go. I go. That'd be my guy on the squad for sure. Yeah, man. How how big of a deal is it that for Milwaukee and Giannis and um, I guess just the 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 outlook in the East that he didn't go to uh, Milwaukee? I don't get it. I really don't. Like, I don't understand. Excuse me. I don't know who's advising this guy, but. Man, I think I think there's dollars more more money for him to be made over there. I mean, if you're a shooter, you can play for a long time. You know, I mean, he's already like 26, 27. Yeah. So like, you know, he's he's not not getting any younger either, and he's played a lot a lot of basketball, a lot of big basketball. So, um, I think you do it, man. You get more games on TV. I mean, I, I guess his agent's trying to get more bread, but damn, man, like that would that's a, I feel like that's it would skyrocketed him. So is it the money situation or is it because they just – does he feel slighted because they just didn't tell him what was going on? Like his feelings are hurt. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, either way, I mean, this is a business, bro. Like you can't yeah. – shoot, well, Kelly, think... Kelly and the other kid, uh, the kid from Virginia, what was his name that got traded with Kelly? Ty Jerome. Ty yeah, they were the, – the, apparently Phoenix, Phoenix called them in for a workout that day. Like they had to go and they were working out together that day and then they got the call like, oh, yo, we're out of here. It's like, bro, why do you call us? Why'd you call us in? Like, no. <laughs> right. right. No, I think the thing for, well, now it's all bad, right? Because now Bogdanovich goes to a team that tried, that essentially moved him. Mm. And so this is where it gets ugly because if you're Bogdanovich and you didn't want to leave, they, they, they are, they, they moved you, but now you're still there. Yeah. So now, that's a problem in the locker room and within the organization. Then, yeah, I don't get it, man. Him going to Milwaukee would, like you said, he would have got more exposure. He would have been playing big playoff basketball with a real chance to win the East and play in the finals. And it fits his style of play, too. Uh, if, you're a shooter, if you're a shooter, go play with Giannis where he's just going to collapse the pain and you're wide open all day. I mean, it's just, just the more TV time, the safer you are, man. The more TV – I mean – what do they say? Like uh, bad press is always good press, like that kind of thing. Like, I mean, that's what I go through with kids when they're picking colleges. It's like 
like, man, do I want to go here where I'm only on TV three times or do I want to go here where I'm on TV 90% of the time? Right. And if you're if you're Milwaukee, this is a situation where the Supermax is sitting on the table for Giannis, too. Right. Like this was going to be one of those moves that was made to kind of push him to finally sign that. And now he's just kind of sitting there wondering. Yeah. Wondering. Is, not, it kind not of, well, is that part of the box? I kind of in my conspiracy theorist mind, <laughs> part of me was like, yo, the reason Bogey doesn't want to go out there is because he Giannis feels like gonna Giannis isn't going to stay. So I'm yeah. not about to uproot my whole shit in California, go to Milwaukee, and then have Giannis dip on me. Like, I'm not interested in that. I, 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 mean, I, I think that that's a very viable reason. I'm sure those dudes – I mean, those dudes can talk at any moment too. Like, him and his agent, like, I think they both have, like, foreign representation still. And they're both – they've both seen each other play, like, growing up. You know what I mean? Like, those right. guys, they're, they've both been on the same stage uh, – Bogdanovich probably higher uh, playing with like Fenerbahce and them, but yeah, man, there was for sure something going on. I don't know what. Something's day, funky about that. Yeah, that that day I was in the gym with DJ Wilson, who got traded for Bogdan. He was like, "Man, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to Boston," and I was like, "Oh, word." He's like, "Yeah, I think I'm going to Boston." And then like 6 p.m., he's like, "Damn, I'm going to sack." <laughs> like what? Yeah, you know, he, he was already set. He's like, "Damn, Boston," you know, like. Oh, right, no. crazy. So crazy, uh, it's just a bad no, situation. The overall. NBA is going to investigate it. They said yesterday they are going to open up an investigation to see exactly what happened. So really, yeah, they said that yesterday. So we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> we'll yeah, find I mean, out. It's I mean it's it's obvious that no one talked to Bogdanovich because yeah, it never would have it never would have got to that point. I mean, or they talked to him about it and he never agreed to it. Right, it, something happened where once it went through, he wasn't. But bro, if you got if, if you have to sign and trade a guy, then you have to talk to him before you trade him, right? Of course, because so like, you have to get him to sign the deal. Well, he's gonna want to sign so, the deal. I don't think he can't <laughs> sign the deal yet. The deal—it's in principle. It's all in principle. He well, can't so, even sign like, that deal yet. Well, that's what I mean. You gotta yeah. agree, you gotta agree to it, so then you could actually get the shit done. If he doesn't agree to it, it just sounds like a uh, the communication was missing. Yeah. Really quick before I let you go, Bucketsworth. I know you just mentioned yeah. talking about the young kids and. Me and Nick, and I, I've kind of completely changed my whole view and takes on the NBA draft. Yeah, I back in because back, back in the day, I, I I was always in a position where I was trashing like eighteen year olds games, right? Like uh, this dude, yeah. is, this dude is weak, right? And I and I don't I, I don't want to do that. I hate doing that. Yeah. So I've kind of just whoever's drafted wherever, I'm like, all right, well, let's see if he can play. And I'm going to wait till he gets to the league and I'm going to wait till he gets on the floor and I'm sitting on my couch watching him play professional minutes. And then we could be like, yo, this dude's not the one, right? Yeah. What is, what is your, I guess, how do you feel about how some of these young guys are evaluated and and, and how the whole process is right now? And then Nick, I, I want to get your thoughts on that too. Well, th- this this year was just a complete mess. I mean, not even having to bring – they couldn't even bring guys in. They couldn't get them to do the drills they wanted to do. Um, so this this year was like a crapshoot. Like, you just didn't know what the heck you were going to get. <clears throat> and really and quick, of, let me cut you off right there. How yeah. how how big of it? How big of a deal is that for teams to bring guys in, see it with their own eyes, put them through whatever drills they want versus just going off what they've seen on tape and what they've done on, on, on the floor in college? I think it's pretty big. Um, because like, like if I'm doing a pre-draft, I kind of want to like show what he's gotten better at and I want to show what he's already good at. 
you know, you don't really want to show like the deficiencies that, that he's having problems on. It's, it's, you know, horse pony kind of, kind of thing. But, um, you know, if you're a top five pick or if you're generated to be that high, you can not do the workouts, right? You don't even do them or you do an individual at that place. Um, but for the most part, I mean, like, like even with these guys getting drafted, like everything was like recorded and then they had to send the film to the team or, you know, by an act of God, the team got to go see you and, and the trainers are also doing it with just the trainer and the player. So there's no rebounder. There's no, like, you know, you can't put them through like something where you can kind of see how they understand spacing or having, you know, 10 guys on the court where, you know, so it, it's just kind of weird, man. Um, the 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 biggest advantage for the guys coming in this year was probably the Euros, because they got to keep playing. I mean, Denny Avia, like, he got to keep playing, bro, and that really that really helped him. I mean, he played all all the way until he was playing games until like July, I think. Right. Like in the Israeli league. So, I mean, he was he was you know, and he had some big games in in, in those. So it really helped him. <laughs> um, I don't know if I touched on most of your question, but the um, yeah, it's it's huge. It's huge because when when you're evaluating a player, like you want to see his weaknesses, you want to see what he got better at. Right. I can kind of I can kind of hide that, you know. Like no, actually, that's my job. My job is kind of hide and enhance. And right. <laughs> you know, the, these guys are, you know, when they come in and they want to see guy, they they go right to oh, he's got bad hands. We already has bad hands. Like let's let's not let's make sure he's not Kwame. And they'll start, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> yeah. Why, why you just bury Kwame like that? I mean, Kwame yeah. is probably no. just chilling you, at the You should need to up that Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> no post move he can commit to memory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, no. I feel that, that though. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. they just, like, they'll just go out there and they'll start kicking balls at dudes, you know what I mean? Like literally, right. just under the basket, you better you know catch and make fifteen of these in a row, and they're just kicking them. Bop, bop, bop. But but to your point though, you might have a guy like a Devin Booker, right? Who yeah. when you saw him could not handle the ball, and now is the primary. Well, not Chris Ballsler, he's not, but has been the primary ball handler in Phoenix, and obviously that became a strength of his. So like when you're evaluating it and they're looking at it, yeah, I mean it's a it's an inexact science, right? How do you with a guy like Devin Booker? Is there certain things that you're looking for to kind of see if he can develop those things? So he was an awful dribbler, right? But when you're looking yeah. at him, you're like, man, if he just fixes this and that, like, we're good. Yeah, it's, I mean, sim- similar, you know, characteristics that there were, you know, guys were looking for clay. Like, I mean, you, you look for all these guys just to see how, you know, you call their, you call their high school coach, you call their A, you, you just, I mean, the, 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 the amount of psychology that, teams are putting into the draftees is like it's, it's nuts you know um and and that's the thing if a guy has a pretty good foundation he's tough enough and you can figure these things out um you know how they handle adversity yeah they'll be able to overcome some stuff and and be able to like work on their game and you know that that's exactly what Devin did I don't I don't, I don't necessarily think like his pre-draft was that great um as far as like the stuff he was doing because I saw it he was pretty much doing the same stuff that, like, they had him, Will Colley-Stein, and D'Angelo Russell in the same drill, doing the same exact drills. Like, how do you have D'Angelo? Yeah, Will Colley-Stein coming off pick and rolls from the NBA League. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like it's, that's not really good for business. Um, so, 
my point being is, you know, like what Devin did is he used the 82 games a year on a shitty team that let him do whatever he wanted to stay focused on his ball handling, on coming off pick and rolls. Mm. And it just helped get his confidence going. And once you get, once you get like a, you know, a, a, a light skinned dude, some confidence, man, it might be a wrap. <laughs> 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 no, I think that's a good point. No, because he's like, I actually can go for 26 and 27 exactly. tonight in the league. Yeah, no doubt. So how does the guy who doesn't get that opportunity, I know you probably got to go, but how does the guy who doesn't get to play 82 games on a shitty team and has lots of, you know what I mean? Like, so he was obviously put in a spot where they're like, yeah, go ahead, you know. Um, and then obviously that's backfired for guys before, like a, a Carter Williams. But how does that guy who doesn't get that opportunity Man, I mean that that's that stuff is is it's the toughest thing I've ever seen. I mean, like I saw it with Derek Williams, I saw it with with um, Stanley Johnson, and it was it was just very similar. Like with with the um, not just the opportunity, the, the opportunity, the coaching foundation, like the staff, um, their ability, like, and and this is my thing, man. I've been I've been reading like a lot of stuff on on um on my man in New England, uh, Belichick. This guy has like 130 people that he's looking over, maybe more. I think it might be more, including like staffers, equipment managers, all that stuff. Yeah. And after every game, he has a cultural check-in where he's talking to at least all the captains for each each unit, the water boy, the towel boy, the equipment managers, the people that do the restrooms, because he wants to know, hey, all right, what's going on with, with our wide what, receiver? What's who's, the, who's what's the, the vibe out team? here? Yeah, yeah. Everybody, yeah. You know? And like right. here, here are these NBA coaches with, they, they just, and honestly, they only check in on like four or five of these guys. They don't want to have any personal relationship with them, and you know it's huh. it's it's crazy, bro. It's like what That's what am I? I I felt so little when I was when I was reading and watching a lot of the stuff I've been doing on on Belichick. Like I couldn't believe it. I'm like, man, this guy. I mean, also they only get one game a week, sometimes two, right? But, but the amount of commitment that that he has to to keeping this circle super tight and um and, yeah. and being as relatable and and as loving to these guys you know i mean dude how many of these guys have dads or you know single parents or most of them like bro you got it like stan was drafted two weeks two weeks later his mom passed away like that was his right. first coach you know what i mean like right. Yeah, like a lot of these dudes, man, it, it's 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 a wild. They need it's a that, wild yeah, dude. it's you got to have someone strong at the top, and it, it it flows down. Let me let me leave you this. Give me a couple minutes on Ant Edwards. I read the <laughs> I, well, real quick. No, because real quick, because I want to get your thoughts on this. Because you go the 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 comment the <laughs> the comments that came out. I was floored by these comments. I'm still I, floored, bro. Yes, like, and and honestly, and I said this to Nick, and I said this to the homies when we were talking about it. I was like, bro, I would not draft this dude. Get me away from this guy, as far away from this guy as I possibly can be. I don't want this guy on my team franchise. Just purely off of what he was saying, because you know how you you listen to people say something, and you just know they're capping. This guy, yeah. I, I believed everything this guy was saying. I'm like, this dude really <laughs> feels like this. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. how do you feel about his comments? The, I don't really love basketball. This is just what I do. Um, what did, yeah. Where did, what did you, what did you take from, from his breakdown pre-draft? I, th I think honestly, I, I think that the guys drafting him were kind of floored. I think, you know, the other two picks, 
uh, after we're, we're kind of floored um, to where like, dang, maybe he's just really honest. Like I wouldn't mind working with the honest guy or, <laughs> or uh, like, I don't know, man. I really don't like, I've kind of gone back and forth with this. And I talked to my, you know, a couple of my friends that, that are you know doing pre-drafts this year. And they're like, what the hell? How does this even get out? Like, how does any of this information get out? Like, at the end of the day, the guy still won number one. So well, he said it in an interview. Yeah, yeah. no. It's like, <laughs> but what do you make of it, though? Is that something that you would be worried about if you were a Timberwolves fan? Of course, man, because things aren't going to go good in, in Minnesota for, you know, like for the time being. You know, they got, they got, they got work to do. That's um, cool as shit. Cold as shit. I mean, he's going from the south to north, Midwest. I mean, I don't, Minnesota's cold, man. I don't, I don't know, man. I, I really don't. Like, I couldn't. I, I tried to put as much as I could to like put value into him. Um, I, I guess the talent's there. I honestly, I didn't see him see him do much. Do uh, I didn't see him play that much this year. So, so the highlights I did see, I'm like, all right. He, you know, he's a, he's a beast. He's a monster. He can shoot it. You know, there's really no in between with him, like getting off the ball, playmaking. Um, he's he's pretty much a dog defensively, but like, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's it's like what do you, I don't know what to do, man. It, it was just the comments for me, like, yo, obviously this dude is a physical freak on the so, offensive yeah. end. He'll he go get you whatever you want, but it was for for a guy to come out and say that, it, it was I was shocked. When, when I heard it, though, when I heard it, and maybe you know you can you can answer if this is true. Obviously, it was brutally honest, but I feel like if you gave every player in the league some truth serum, you would probably have a lot of guys who are like, yo, I hoop because I'm 6'10 and I have a 40-inch vertical and it makes me a lot of money, but I don't necessarily love it. And I think that's across all sports. you got football players. Rashard Mendenhall came out and said it. He's like, I don't love football, but it's a means to an end for me. So I think like as fans, we think that all these guys love basketball because they're living out our dream that they're living out theirs, but – I think Ann Edwards just straight up told you, hey, man, this is a gig, bro. <laughs> you yeah, know what I'm saying? Exactly. This is this gets me out of College Park or wherever I'm from. Like, Yeah. No, 100%, man. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, like the honesty, they were just like, hmm, maybe <laughs> maybe we could work with this. I don't know. Like, I don't always know, know where man, we stand I, with I'm this guy. Tell you, I'll tell you this. <laughs> like, those are – when times get tough, which they – like Bucketsworth just said, they're going to get tough in Minnesota, that guy is – that mentality is not what you want around the squad. I, I'll just it's not feeling I'll, it today, coach. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. so, Anthony, why didn't you close out? Yeah, because we're because we're yeah because yeah, we're, we're, we're thirteen we're and thirty eight. Yeah, exactly. That's why. That's why and I didn't close out. Five outside, and it's cold, and my knee hurts. Real, yeah. I, <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, man. I, I like I'm looking at the list, and it's like, all right, James Wiseman, Lamelo. Um, Killian Hayes, Obi Top, Danny Avia, like, dude, like, you know, my my thing with the Euros is like, these dudes want to play, man, and they've been right. doing it. They've been a professional, you know, at least since they were fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Like, yeah, and it's I, I, job. yeah, I completely underrated or underrate that. I think just overall, like, this the being in the league, like you <laughs> said, I think the amount of games being played and just the lifestyle is it's a, a big a big learn there's a big learning curve there and these euros that come over have got their feet wet and, and are already familiar That's why it's it's, Luger, right? yeah and it's but it, it's impossible to simulate like there's nothing you can do to simulate it's like i can't 
if I have an individual workout with 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 Luca, I can't simulate what it, what it's like to play in against Barcelona with you know nine other NBA guys out there. You know, like it's impossible. Like right. So so when you got someone that's been going through it since he was fifteen, fourteen. He's had a long-distance relationship with his girlfriend since he was 15, 16. You know, his dad played high-level basketball. His mom's a baddie. Like, this, this dude's going through it all. Right. Mom, this guy's gone through it all. He's been through it all. <laughs> he's been through it all. Like, he, yeah, he, can, he can handle anything. And, like, facts. I mean, at the end of the day, like, Luca just – he he's he's amazing, bro. Like, like for his pre-draft, all he wanted to do was play fives. Hey Charlie, could we play fives? Could we play? Five? I want to get like five. He didn't care, bro. It could have been like division three guys. He just wanted to play five on five. To hoop. All he, he just wanted to hoop. Like, right. We'll get some shots after, you know. Like let's let's just hoop. And you know, at the end of the day, he's just you know gonna eat some pasta and steak and t- play Fortnite. So we're saying that that's not Anthony Edwards. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, I hope like if if hooping is the, the worst thing for him. And that's the thing with Luca. Like, you're never gonna like. He he loves it. Like, he's born. In, you know, he's bred. It, you know, all he wants to do is play ball. Serbian, Slovenian. That's it, bro. Like, he knows. He knows when he steps on the court. Like, like, yeah. I wish he wouldn't eat so much steak and pasta. But like, man, like the dude's gonna. He's gonna play. He's gonna play hard. He's gonna get people involved. That's the that's the crazy part. He's not even in shape, really. Not at all. Ruddy, no. not even in shape, and he's a absolute monster. He's doughy, yeah, but he doesn't matter. Doesn't bro. matter, bro. I tell you, bro, I've never Stick seen any. That's it. Like, <laughs> like, I love the stick. <laughs> yeah, he's bro. Great. He's nuts for it, man. Like, like the the like watching uh watching that dude do some of this. Like the first day he came in, I was like, dear God, what the hell? Like, just the craziest like stuff getting into the like at some the footwork. The, like some six state kid from Alabama was guarding him. And he had this dude like, like just, skating around off of two yeah. dribbles, bro. Like, <laughs> two dribbles. Like most guys, they got to take like eight dribbles to like get someone loose. This guy did it with two. And yeah. I, I was like, all right, I get it, you know. And I even um, you guys know uh, Chase and Randall. Yes. It's from from uh from Illinois. Um, Stanford's all time leading scorer. Chasen was on Real Madrid playing two minutes a game because of Luca. You know, he, and he, right. Chasen was getting two million to go over there. You know, like they bought out his contract to get him there. Um, and Luca, he's like, bro, Luca, but like, he's a god. Like, he's, this guy, a, he's different. Yeah, he's di- and when I got him, I was like, oh shit! Like, you already knew. I knew it. I everyone's Dog, I me. wish, dude. I wish I would have talked to you about that before because I was I was not a believer and I was, I was like, your all perimeter player sounds like Mario Hazonia to me. I'm good, bro. Bro, and that's that's the funny thing. Like, I I wanted to be so bloodthirsty on Twitter and just let people have it, but like, yeah. I I was like, nah, I'm, I'm just you'll see. Know. I, I you'll did see. tell you. I did, yeah. everyone that asked me, I did tell you. I told you. I'm like, dude is a fucking guy. Yeah, like, he's gonna be good. And I, I literally like, I mean the. The guys that usually send uh, the euros over, I I tell them I'm like, yo, I'll take them, 100 percent, 90 percent of the time. Yeah, let give me, me a try. euro, I'll yeah. take them, I'll take them. Yeah. Dudes, dudes work, they they don't they don't talk much, um, they and and they love it. Like we get in the gym again tonight, we get in the gym to. Aside from Luca, who's been you know playing like high level basketball since he was 15, a lot of these guys haven't been playing 
uh, on the bigger clubs that many games. Luca played all of Real Madrid, all of Euro League, and then he played with his national team where they won Europe. Like, right? He he won everything. Like he cleaned house, yeah. and he wouldn't have played. He wouldn't have played like you don't know. He wouldn't have played on that on the Real Madrid team as much <laughs> if uh, that Sergio Yule guy didn't get hurt. So they're they're starting point guard right now. He's like a, a veteran dude. He tore his ACL and Lucas stepped right in and started cooking. Right. It's like man, you he he took advantage of the the time and the place. Man, and, we gotta uh, get uh we gotta get the boy Bucketsworth on more just to literally just talk hoops and talk stories and. Talk I'm with it, man. Luca. Anytime. Yeah, man, honestly, Luca like I, I I don't I don't got a haircut till eleven since Sean was making fun of my lineup earlier. <laughs> No, Big Nick's got to jump off. I got to jump off here pretty soon. We're gonna try to touch on yeah, some yeah. NFL, but next time we'll uh, we'll lock in. I won't, bro. Shout out Bucketsworth. I hit him. I hit him on the on the. He hadn't even brushed his teeth yet. He was like, "Yeah, bro, I'll hop on and talk some hoops." So I appreciate Crazy. you, Big yeah, Dog. We'll, Thanks uh, a lot, man. It's been great all day, man. Y'all yeah, hit man. me. Let me know. Bucketsworth. Make sure you follow my man on Twitter at Bucketsworth, man. The best Twitter handle of all the land. <laughs> appreciate <laughs> you guys, man. Talk soon, bro. Thanks, man. Yeah. <clears throat> that's so funny that he he had uh he had Luca on on the workout and said he saw dude have buddy on skates off two dribbles and usually takes people six seven dribbles to kind of keep rocking. Yep. What are your thoughts on that NBA draft? We'll close out this NBA talking and get to a little NFL. How much time? Yeah, I think we got. I got time. I think we got to talk about uh, Pat Williams. Yeah, Um, absolutely. That's what I was gonna say. Shout out our boy, our boy in the chat, Cody Porter. Uh, That's that's our guy, big fan, man. Yeah, yeah, he knows what's up. Um, Yeah, man, I am all on board with the Pat Williams pick. Everything I would have wanted from this particular draft, where there's no sure things and there's not you know, a, a consensus top four or consensus fourth pick, really, right? And kind of those, those consensus top three, but then you're kind of on the outside with that fourth pick. Man, in a draft like this, this is when you swing for the fences. Take a big swing, man, right? First off, everything, don't compare him to Tyrus Thomas. Tyrus Thomas had an awful attitude. Like, that was a known thing. He was just a freak athlete. From everything that we've seen and heard about this kid, he's got a great attitude. Helps his mom with the flowers uh, and all that stuff. That's all a great story, right? But in this situation... <laughs> In the Bulls' current roster, with how we're currently constructed and what we're trying to accomplish, 100%, man, do your research, do your due diligence. And if you look at this guy and you say, man, we get him in the building, right, with our player development staff that we just brought over, which they have done a huge overhaul of the Bulls' player development department since Karnasovas and Eversley have gotten here. If that's the guy that you identify, we get him in the building. He has the, the beginnings of something that we can turn into a good player. 100% go after him, man. I am not in a rush. we got to give this this regime time. The people that were killing this pick, it's like, look, man, we killed Garpax for 10 years. It's over. Give these new guys a chance. At one time, I'm sure he got killed for taking Jokic. I'm sure he got killed for taking Jamal Murray. I'm sure he got killed for taking some of these guys that he's took. And if you see Denver, they're not signing free agents. They're developing guys over there. That is not what we've done over here. I'm 100% all for it. If we look up in five years and this guy's a stud, awesome. Right. And then you also took a guy who has a high defensive potential. So, you know what happens with guys that can play deep? They play early because you can stick them in a lineup and you don't have to worry about them getting cooked. So he's going to get an opportunity to get on the court because of what he can do defensively. That is an NBA skill that he has right now. Let him work on the rest of his game. I am all for it. If you're killing this pick, 
I want to know who else he wanted to take. Uh, yeah, I think that's very well put. I think, like I said, when Bucketsworth was on, you kill the pick if you want to, but you don't know shit about what's going to happen. So, like, and like you said, we were complaining about Garpax. And, and <coughs> you know, if Garpax makes this pick, I'm Obi probably Toppin. trashing it. And it's Obi Toppin. But, but even if it's, yeah, but, yeah. But if it's Patrick Williams, I'm trashing it because I don't trust them. I don't know what's going on, right? We have uh, Connor Sovis and Eversley. They're new. They they see something they like in Patrick Williams. Lock in, buckle up, and let's see if he can play. And like I said, bro, I I I'm off trashing 19 year old hoopers that aren't that aren't that, that are that are poor kids that have just been trying to hoop and get to the league. So when I maybe if I if I see him play 40 games in a Bulls jersey and he's garbage, then I'll come out and say it. But Let's give him then, 140 games, though, right? Like, why right, are we no, – right, I'm not even right. ready to kill him halfway through the season. I'm like, yo, I'm in for the ride, man. We right. we got to be – like, I know you're saying the same thing, but we got to be optimistic, y'all. Like, come on. There's no bigger Bulls, guard packs, pass regime killers than anybody than us. And if we're telling you to be optimistic, just buckle up. He's Let's nine, see what this Pat Williams ride takes. He's 19 years – just turned 19 two months ago. Yeah. Yeah, man, he's got the blonde streak and everything, man. I'm I'm all for it, man. I think this dude can turn into a hooper. I watched some good video on him, man. Like the, the raw skills are there. And okay. don't don't hit me with the nine points a game. Don't hit me with the he didn't start in college. That was a loaded up Florida State team, and he was a young guy. I mean that that means nothing, man. We've seen plenty of guys who didn't start or weren't necessarily the star in college. And they had a ton of bigs. And a ton. And every every other team is six eight. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, I don't want to hear that. I saw a lot of, I saw a lot of like negativity from the oh, pick you, on Twitter. Bro, you know man. what it is? A lot of old. <laughs> it's a new day. It's a new day, new man. Mentality. Hey, like get left, with it or get left. left. Don't get forget it. Leave that old Garpax mentality yeah. back, back then. New coach, new with everything. New, new coach, new front office. A real coach. Yeah. By the way, Billy Donovan so, has developed players in this league. Yeah, man. We'll we'll leave it there. But yeah, give it a shot and. uh We'll see what happens with with uh, Pat Williams and the rest of the guys. Yeah, welcome, that. welcome to the town, Pat Williams, man. You know, shit. Salute, welcome. welcome, welcome give my man a give my man a combo. Get him a beef, beef <laughs> fries, man. You know, get him a dog, real shit. Get him a dog, man. Let's move over to we might we, we might mess around and run two hours on y'all. Let's do it. Let's move over to NFL Week Eleven. Seattle and Seattle and the Cardinals last night was rocking. Russell Wilson, y'all are disrespectful. My bets last night were I had Seahawks minus two and a half, minus three. I had two separate bets, two and a half, three. I had no interception for Russell Wilson, and I had over rushing yards for Carlos Hyde. I was trying to get everybody that would listen to take the interception bet with me. No one would take it with me. Nick, why why didn't you rock with me on that? I'm just not a big player prop guy. I'll, I'll always I'll come right out and say I'm not a player prop guy. Are you a winner's guy? Do you like cash and tickets? Yeah, of course I love cash and tickets, man. But you know that I don't. I'm not a player prop guy. It's just not. I don't. I don't know. Like I have nothing well, listen, to bring it back to. I think that the well the no interception thing was he's dude. He's at home. They're never going to lose three in a row, or it's going to be very hard for them to lose three in a row. And that Arizona Cardinals defense is Swiss cheese. It would have had to be a tip ball fluke for him to throw a pick. So I, I went with that. Their defense was solid a week ago. They have they have some solid pieces, but they were injured. Yeah. And 
Dog, you saw what Miami did to him. Tua did whatever he wanted. They gave up a ton of points. They gave up a ton of points to Buffalo. They made they made a couple of plays and, and and picked off Allen a couple of times, but that was it. So yeah, no, I hear you. I just yeah, I'm not yeah. I don't I don't I, I I'll run in some props with you guys this week and just stuff. It's so cold, but yeah, that's why I did not want that one. I didn't like that one to be completely honest with you. You thought he was gonna throw another pick? Yeah, I just think there's so with picks and stuff, man. Tip ball, it's up in the air, bet over. Like yeah, it's just not it's not as much an anti Russell Wilson non play as a if that's one pick or no pick is one I just don't. I don't, I'll never take a prop like that. I'll put it that way. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I'll take some rushing yards. I'll fuck with the this or that. But like a pick or no pick, too many variables. Fair enough. We're going to have this NFL Week 11 roll into the winners. So we could, we'll, we'll do this all at the same time. But a couple look ahead into the game. Any, my fault. Before we, get, before we get off that, anything else you want to say on Seahawks cards? Were you impressed by – I was impressed by – Seattle's defense. I was very impressed by Seattle's defense. They looked a lot better than they have previously. That was my thing. Like when I was talking to you guys in the group chat, I said, look, this defense looked a little better last week against the Rams. They weren't getting, they weren't getting their doors blown off. And Jamal Adams is the one guy in the league. That's going to be a box safety that can actually keep up with Kyler Murray. And it proved in a huge spot with the intentional grounding that led to the safety. Like, that was it. And I think that that defense has been listening to themselves get blamed pretty much all week for Russell Wilson picks, for the team losing games, for how they looked in Buffalo, for how they looked against the Rams. You know what I mean? Right. So I think these guys are professionals, to your point. There's some talent on that defense. Um, there's some guys you know, Dunlap, uh, Jamal Adams. It's not like it's a defense full of a bunch of guys you've never heard of. Like, there's some good players in there. And eventually you got to have some pride. Um, I think you called it out last night. I don't know why they kept doing this all-out blitz against Kyler Murray. Because right. he's going to pick that up. If he sees that, he's going to pick that apart all day. You're acting like you can't throw the ball. Stop. But out, yeah, so Stop some of it might be play calling, right? But um, I thought that this defense, and especially the fact that they closed out the game with a huge defensive play, yeah. was big for them, man. you got to ride that confidence for the rest of the season knowing that you can get it done against a good offense. So the most impressive thing that I saw, it's not even like Russell Wilson had to go out there and be Superman last night. He didn't. The defense yeah, the defense just just really, really helped you win that game yesterday. It was complimentary football, so take something from that. But you're right. Their play calling on defense, their scheme on defense does not match their personnel. Yeah, And it's just a bad – you don't do that against Kyler Murray. Like, come on, man. It's, no. That's like Christmas. Yeah, so – Couple of other big games are Ravens, Titans, and then uh, Chiefs, Raiders. Ravens, this Ravens Titans game is very interesting. Titans are coming off a bye. They have one of the they they get smoked on D all the time. Ravens are coming off a of L at home or at in a rainstorm at New England. But this almost feels like they need to win this game. But they also are really bad when they fall behind. And Baltimore's a really bad tackling team. They have to go against Derrick Henry. And Tennessee scores a lot of points. Or or I shouldn't say this because they haven't been scoring a lot of points originally. They can score a lot of points. Yeah. Is this does this feel kind of like a must win for the Ravens? And how do you feel about the the six, six and a half point number? Um Man, Tennessee's offense has looked so bad recently. Like, Tannehill has just looked like a complete non-factor. So I think they're going to struggle to get points on. 
Um, obviously, Baltimore is going to load up on Derrick Henry. Um, I don't know if it's as much as a must win as it's a must dominant Lamar Jackson performance. Like he needs to play. He well. needs to pull ball out. This is a bad defense, right? We've seen how bad this Tennessee Titans defense is. Like you said, they have issues tackling, right? So he's going to be able to get loose. I think more so than anything, obviously you want to win the game. That's first and foremost. But the secondary thing is you want to win the game with Lamar Jackson having a huge game, right? He's last in the league in passing yards. Hasn't looked anywhere near like the player that he was last year. We've been talking about him. Can he do it at big spots? This is still playing against another playoff contender. Um, I think that if I'm Lamar Jackson, this is the game where I put my nuts on the table and show everybody what I got and kill the narrative, right? Just like Seattle's defense killed the narrative last night, he needs to be focused on killing the narrative. And even if it's just for a weak breather, like yeah. just get your just buy yourself a week where it's not like every single press conference is like, how come you've been playing like this or like that? Right. It's like they're talking about a win. I think that's understated. Like give give your team and your and your your fans even just a week to where they could take a deep breath. Like okay, Lamar played well. We're back. Yeah, we're not talking we're, about this. We're not talking about this because you go out there and lay another dud. Then it's like. There's all this tape on Lamar. They can't do anything. This is the same Tennessee team that beat us up in the playoffs last year. We're doomed. He's giving interviews, talking about the offense is basic and exactly. guys know our plays. It's just all bad. Yeah. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, I'll, I'll keep it 100 with you. Then all of a sudden, it's he needs to get a haircut. Yeah. He's not yeah. speaking correctly. Yeah. Like all types of stuff is going to yeah. start coming out. And, and, I, and I think for a team like this, which is a winning team and a competitor, you don't want to have that bad juju. Like there's nothing worse than being a good team. And having the narrative be all negative stuff about you and what you can't do, right? Like, you want to be the Steelers. You want to be the Chiefs. You want to be these teams where every story that's coming out is just positive and not really focusing on your negatives. What you don't want to do is be the Baltimore Ravens and be at, what are they at? Uh, Six and three, but people talking like you're three and six, right? You don't want to have a quarterback who was the MVP last year, but people are talking about like he's a guy that can't get it done. So all that stuff, because what starts happening is you're not able to focus on the good stuff, right? You want to have good vibes. You want to have confidence. You want to feel like you're a good team. You right. want to have. You want to be able to carry that swagger into Sundays, right? And if you're just sitting around hearing about how bad you are, but you're actually a good team on paper, it, it doesn't go well, man. So, yeah, it, to your point, man, you want to have a big win by Lamar Jackson so you can kill the noise for the rest of that team and have a nice, quiet off week in which people aren't constantly picking yes. apart your quarterback, what yes. he says and how he says it. Exactly. So you don't want to just win. You want to win offensively. Exactly. I so, agree. Yeah. And, and and it's tough because they're missing a bunch of people on the offensive line. Another guy went down the other day, yep. right? Yeah. Boyle, Boyle went down their other tight end who they run in uh, two tight end sets all day. Talk about uh, it every so week. It's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough. Y'all, they, y'all they, ignore they, that line if you want to. They need to do something. Yeah, the offensive line. Yeah, we need to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it needs to be uh, addressed, and it's going to be interesting. I think that number is funny because it's almost at the six and a half. It's like, yeah, go ahead, take go ahead, take Baltimore. It's not seven, but yeah, go ahead, take Baltimore. Yeah, don't worry about it. And it's yeah. like it won't get to seven, but ah, it's interesting. It's a lot of points, but uh, is, you can't. You, we can't discount how bad Ryan Tannehill has looked. Um, Based on how he started, yeah. I mean, he's just looked like a complete non-factor, so. Yeah, facts. All right, let's close it out, Chiefs-Ravens. I This is our Chiefs-Raiders, excuse me. 
Let me ask you this about Chiefs Raiders. Only yeah. the uh the only loss of the year for the Chiefs is by the Raiders at home. Yeah. Chiefs are coming off a bye. How big of a deal? How, how big of a thing is this, is this revenge spot? Do you think? Is that? Is, uh, I is think, that no, even I think if you're a super, if you're if you're the defending Super Bowl champion, you're not looking at avenging a, a, an early season loss. If they are, if no, I, don't, I think that their sights need to be a lot. I mean, you don't want to look ahead, yeah. but I think that if they get caught up in being like, oh, we got to come out here and, and, and right or wrong, you're, you're looking at the wrong thing with a team that's this talented and has this higher aspirations of that. With that being said, you don't want to lose these guys twice. They're in the division, right? So you want to go out there and you want to put it on them. You know that they did beat you last time. You don't want them walking around puffing their chest out about beating you twice. But at the same time, I don't think it's like bulletin board material um, that this team beats you. Does that make sense? Like, I think that the Chiefs just got bigger, bigger fish to fry on this uh, this march of trying to be back to back champions than worried about than like really being super hyped up about this Raiders game due to the fact that they beat them. You're probably more hyped up about the fact that it's division. They were on a bye last week, right? The Chiefs? Yeah. Yeah, the Chiefs are coming yeah, you're, off a bye. Yeah, you're coming off a bye. You're excited to play. Um, I think that that's what's going to fuel them. But I don't think they're running around like, yeah, these guys beat us, man. We got this circle on our calendar to come back around. Like, no, nah, it is what it is. Ah, I, well, I think I agree with you that they're not looking for, like, it's not a revenge thing because I think they know that they're uh, a better team. And yeah. I think they know that they're the superior team in the division. I think it's a spot for the Chiefs to come in and say, okay, I think – because I think, honestly, earlier the, this season, the Chiefs have been kind of coasting. Like, they, 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 they're they playing a close game against the Jets. They turn it on and, and close it out. Right. They're playing a close game against the Panthers. They're like, all right, well, we'll turn it on and we close that game out too. They've just been kind of coasting around. I think they can kind of come out of the bye, energized, and they get to play the team that that beat them before. I think they're going to come out and try to blow their doors off. That's That's what I think about. The, the game being in Las Vegas, they're going to try to come out like, all right, enough of this fooling around we've been doing. It's week 11. Let's get rolling. Let's start playing our top-tier football. And I think coming out of the bye is uh, a good spot for them to do it. Well, and let's not – and the Raiders have been playing good football. Like, let's just – I mean, I know we don't, we don't think about the Raiders as a powerhouse and we kind of overlook them, but this is a decent football team. Yeah. Derek Carr doesn't make mistakes, right? Nope. He's not going to beat you, but he's not going to beat himself, right? 16 touchdowns, two picks, completing 70% of his passes. So you know what they're going to go out there and do, right? Um, as far as running the ball, we've got Josh, uh, Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. Yeah, he's, that, he's, he's good. And yeah, Gruden's he's a good coach. They got a solid defense, right? This is a team that's not going to go out there and beat themselves. So you 100% have to be prepared to play them. Um, because they're a well-coached football team. I think we talked about that earlier when we talked about the season with the Raiders. This is not the type of team you want to overlook because, again, they're not going to come out there and make a ton of mistakes. But um, if you're the Chiefs, by this point in the season, like I said, they were fucking around a little bit in the beginning of the season, yeah. you need to be in full championship mode right now. That's you kind of know what the lay of the land looks like. You know that team over there in Pittsburgh is going to be a problem. You know there's some other teams in the AFC that are going to be tough for you to play against. You need to turn it on right now. This is when you should be in full playoff mode 
and this is this is kind of what we're looking to do. And right, this is what we're going to carry saying. on for the rest of the year. So yeah. We, all right, we made it to the bye week. We got yep. some rest. Now we got a division Stop opponent. Fucking around. We got a division opponent coming out of a bye that we lost to. Let's start, let's let, let's go ahead and remind everybody like what the real deal is. I'm talking about 40 plus points for the Chiefs. You got week. to. Yeah, for sure. That's what I, that's what I'm talking about. Yes. So, put the gas put the foot on the gas, go hard and yeah, leave it all out there. Exactly. We'll but, see. That that yeah. line opened at 6, it went to 7 and now it's at 8. I believe. Yeah, that's, so, it gets crazy for me. And I know you're saying, hey, bet the, bet the Chiefs like turn around, but it's like or at some point the Raiders are solid. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I don't. I don't. Six and three. They've won three straight. I don't know if that number's under ten. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that solid number's under ten, but that's uh, okay. that's a that's a different different conversation. But let's get into winners. Let's close it out. Shout out our boy Mike Singletary. Believe this. I would rather play with 10 people and just get penalized all the way until we got to do something else rather than play with 11 when I know that right now that person is not sold out to be a part of this team. It is more about them than it is about the team. I cannot play with them, cannot win with them, cannot coach with them, can't do it. I want winners. 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 Big Nick the Quick. I only have two this week. Me too. Um, go ahead, give out give out your first winner. Well, I mean, I, I told this is this goes against everything I believe in in life because I said I would never put money on this team. But if you're right. gonna go ahead and you're gonna give me um, <clears throat> the opportunity to play against Taysom Hill in his first NFL career start, yeah, I can't believe I'm going against the Saints at home. But I'm taking the Atlanta Falcons plus three and a half. I think Radio Raheem comes in there with a game plan. It's down to three and a half. It's three and a half. Yeah. It was at five this morning, right? It was at five yesterday. Yeah. So, so people have been taking Atlanta. Because everybody because everybody knows that Taysom Hill is fucking booty. He's not the answer. Not the answer. And then I'm taking the um this is one of my rules. And man, this team sucks, dude. But I, I think that <laughs> Miami's getting a lot of love, and I understand why. But the Broncos getting three and a half at home. I still always like Denver at the crib. It's tough to play out there. Two is going to that environment. He's never played in that thin ass area before. He might get a run and then he'd need to get the oxygen machine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If Drew Locke wasn't so terrible, like Drew Locke fucking sucks. Um, if he wasn't so terrible, Drew Locke is brutal. he's brutal. If he wasn't so terrible, um, this is a stone cold lead pipe lock for me. But yeah, Broncos getting points at home. I'm always going to feel good about taking that. Okay, fair enough. Nick, Big Nick the Quick is on. The Flores Denver, is the coach of the year still. The Denver Broncos plus three and a half, and the Atlanta Falcons plus three and a half. That's awful. That sounds what a bad sentence. So it's hey, a on the Broncos gotta, and the Falcons plus. Hey, bro, like Nick Foles, got for value, baby. <laughs> like like Nick Foles, sometimes you got to win ugly. You uh-huh. know what I'm saying? Like that's what it is. <laughs> they, haven't, they haven't won a game since he said that. Yeah, no, they haven't won a game. Since <laughs> Either win ugly or, or lose, like yeah, bro. Now neither yeah. lose ugly because that's what yeah. we've been doing. Let's not talk about the Bears. <laughs> so all right, my my best bets are I'm gonna take, like I said, I'm gonna take the Kansas City Chiefs coming off a of bye. The line is eight. I'll just I'll, I'll take it at minus eight just because that's what it is. So ten is your ceiling on that? Is what you're Currently, saying? I would give up nine and a half. I I I, I truly believe that. <laughs> So I I think they take care of business, tends the ceiling. I I would give up. I think the Chiefs come out and take care of big business. And I think that, well, I think it's it's commonly known that their secondary is very good too. So 
they they they're going to come out of the bye. I trust Reed out of the bye. I think they go out there and put up a lot of points, and Oakland or Las Vegas is going to have to try to keep up with that, and they're not going to be able to. So, uh, I'll take the Chiefs minus eight, and I will take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus four on Monday night. I think a lot of pressure is going to be on Jared Goff, and Goff is the it gets progressively worse every year under pressure. He has no heart. He can't step. It's it's going to come down to him stepping up in the pocket and trying to make a play under heavy pressure and making accurate throws. Jared Goff doesn't do that. So give me Tampa Bay minus four. Give me the Chiefs minus eight. And if you want a Saturday play, I'm on uh, Iowa State minus 11. But all I do is lose money. On yeah, the leave kids. the kiddies alone, man. All I do is lose money on the kids and then win money on Sunday. So that's I that that's that's take that for what it's worth. So yep. Um, I got no problems with it. Um, you know, I, I think uh, yeah, I got no problems with it. Winners. Wait, hold on. So I'm looking at the sheet though. Yeah. And I looked at this before we started. I did. I did. I did want to go on this cups of coffee for a week situation. Oh yeah. yeah. I want to hear where are you on this total cups of coffee a week. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's let's close uh, let's close the show with a little over under. We were. I was just thinking of questions. We we got. I think we should start doing a segment, a little over under segment, where we just pick random stuff and try to set a line to it. But total cups of coffee for you for Big Nick the Quick. Total cups of coffee during the week. Fourteen and a half over under. Over. By by quite a bit. Uh man, I think during the weekdays it's probably three. Three per two two at home and then one in the travel mug. Two and then on one in the travel mug. And so then in the so weekends. Yeah, you're at like twenty plus. Yeah, and then the weekends probably two. Maybe one. Depends if there's a Grand Prix, two or three. Because I'm getting <laughs> up early. If there's no Grand Prix, uh two. Dude, the thing about me for on the weekend and drinking coffee is if I'm hungover or I've been drinking the night prior, I can't drink coffee oh, no. the next day. No, absolutely not. Because it makes like I feel like my nerves are gonna jump out of my body. The anxiety so, starts going all crazy anxiety, and shit. Crazy. Plus you can't you want to sleep off a hangover and if you drink a bunch of coffee, you cannot do that. Yeah, it's very dead. It's quiet for that. All right. So what, over over on 14 and a half. Where are you at? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was Fir- firmly. I, I honestly don't drink that much coffee. I would say I'm I'm definitely under 14 and a half. I'm drinking probably I would say 10 a week. Maybe. When you were going downtown every day where you at the 14 and a half threshold? Yeah, because I was drinking one in the middle of the day. That's what I yeah. Fire. Yeah, like, for sure, right? I, that work picked on, me up. <laughs> yeah, when I was on the corporate grind at like two that that I never – it was funny. When I started grinding, like, and we were working a lot during, like, fourth quarter and football season and stuff, I never understood, like, the five-hour energy, like, 2 o'clock like two o'clock crash. Like, right. I never even had a 2 o'clock crash before. And then I started having them where I was, like, Done. dead. Like, you would, I would eat lunch Done. and I would – Stare at the dead. clock. Yeah. Forget about it, right? Lunch, so I, lunch yeah. we could talk about that, but lunch, yo, lunch, you be careful what you eat during the day at work. Kill your whole like, day. Chipotle and all that shit sounds great. Chipotle, if I have Chipotle, I'm day toast. Is, I'm toast dead. for the rest of the day. <laughs> day is I stopped eating it because I'm just I'm toast, bro. Yeah, it's over with. It's over with. <laughs> so yeah, I'm under under for me 14 and a half on uh total cups of coffee. Second question, big news quick, over under. How many times Russell Wilson says go hawks in a season? The the line is 47 and a half. Um, yeah. Sorry, I just saw something on the chat that threw me off. My bad. 
Yeah, Buddy was talking nuts. I don't yeah, know. I, I, didn't, I didn't even pay attention. <laughs> How many times Russell Wilson over under says go Hawks in the, in the middle of the year? Oh man, I mean, so there's sixteen games. And a half. Sixteen games. We're gonna talk to him pregame, postgame. That's thirty-two right there. Oh, easy over forty-seven and a half. Any interview he gives, he's saying go Hawks. Multiple so, times. Yeah. yeah, multiple times. I'm saying e- e- easily. He's easily. Well, he's probably what? So then, what's your number then? Oh man, go sixty Hawks. plus. Sixty plus of this season, go Hawks. You got, yeah, you got to aggregate all of his interviews throughout the year, and not everybody he has. He's saying go Hawks at the end of all of them. Go Hawks. My man said go Hawks at his wedding. I guarantee you. <laughs> <laughs> I do go Hawks. Go. Hawks. go Hawks. <laughs> so that's all hey. I got, man, for this week. We gotta. I'll, I'll start putting some more together for the over. For the folks on the chat, uh, number one, I can't. I can't reply to him. I know I've been seeing this kind of all morning. I saw it the last time that we were on um, the one guy. Wanted us to read Red Yellow. Shout out, shout out, Red Yellow King, man. Next time, next time we'll be more mindful of him. But sometimes we don't (laughs) see him, and sometimes we can't reply to the other guy. um, Don't even trip. Yeah, thank you for getting rid of that. Yeah, yeah. 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 So don't even worry about it. Yeah, but But we appreciate y'all, and we see y'all, and we love the support. And uh, big love. Yeah, for sure. Big love. All right, that's it, man. NFL Week 11. Shout out Bucketsworth for joining to talk some NBA. It was it was a long-winded conversation, but it was fun. We were getting some real takes on that. Um, enjoy the weekend, man. Lock in. Have some fun. Make some money on the, on the winners. To recap, I am on Tampa Bay minus four Monday night, and I'm on the Chiefs minus eight coming off the bye playing at home or at Las Vegas against the Raiders. Big Nick is on Denver Broncos at home, plus three and a half. That'll be a sweater. And uh, the Atlanta Falcons, plus three and a half, plus three and a half uh, against Taysom Hill and the Saints. That should be interesting. Cold sweats for me all weekend, baby. Cold sweats. That's the way to do it. For Big Nick the Quick, I'm your host, Sean Little. Make sure you subscribe everywhere. No Catch Us, Sports Talk, via Chicago, available Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, everywhere you listen to podcasts. Let's get it. We out of here.